0: What we do here is go back, 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 This is just oh, all-time t- Raiders. Oh, receptions. I thought you were talking tight ends. No, 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 not, not for gotcha. tight ends. But definitely not Ricky Dudley either. I know. Was <laughs> a <laughs> joke. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me as always is Andy McDonald. And we head into this week 17 matchup against the Broncos. Last game of the year. Last game of 2020. Last podcast we're recording for 2020. A lot of lasts going into this one. And and some are unfortunate. And some are just fantastic in the sense of getting to kick 2020 out of here. We
0: made it. We made it. It's over. We did. We did. Yeah, thank goodness for, for a lot of reasons, but but no, last, uh, last 2020 pod that we're recording, everyone that's going to get this in, I believe, New Year's, so it'll be, it'll be good, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to move past this Raider season in certain points. In um, other points, I will obviously miss previewing games, but it'll be fun to get into to more NFL and some draft-related stuff and, and keep this thing rolling, so um, how are you? Uh, doing good as
1: well. You know, just as everyone knows, January 1st, 2021, everything just goes back to normal because 2020 is out of here. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, along the same lines, just, you know, excited to see where this goes past the season as far as draft stuff is concerned, getting into playoff stuff, just covering NFL in general, just all of that. It's going to be exciting, going to be new for the both of us. And it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, right on. Um, Well, let's get into it then. So. You know we got our mortal locks. Um, week 17 mortal locks, um, capping off the regular season here. Um, Mike had taken the crown, but we're still we're still rocking this thing. Um, and then we'll get into our week 17 preview. We have the Raiders heading over to Denver, Mile High. I said it last podcast, but I feel like they play these guys every year in Denver in the last week of the season. So I'll be taking the offense side um, against Broncos. Z Mike has got the defense against the Broncos offense. Uh, we have a couple listener questions and then we will send you guys pack in here um, into the new year. So mortal locks week 17 Micah, what do you got going for my mortal lock this week?
1: I was looking at the slate and didn't really see a whole lot of things that jumped out at me that well until I came across this one. And that is, Green Bay, minus five and a half at the Bears. Now, I understand that there's a lot riding on the line for the Bears. The Bears are more concerned about the Rams winning because if the Rams win, then they make the playoffs no matter what. But Green Bay's playing for that first seed. And another situation where we go into it and say, just keep it simple, stupid. Don't overthink it. Green Bay is probably one of... The top teams, if not the top team, coming out of NFC to make it to the Super Bowl. The Bears are the Bears. I think that Green Bay is going to just slaughter them. They're way more than a six-point favorite uh, than the Bears as far as being better than them. They've got something to play for. Aaron Rodgers is going to play. By no means are they going to bench people, sit them, kind of walk into the playoffs. So I think they got, like I said, something to play for for that first seed. They're going to go out there. They're going to go bear hunting, slaughter some bears. It's not even bear season
0: anymore, but
1: they're going out hunting without a permit.
0: All righty. Go Pack Go. Well, I'm going to take the team that the Packers uh, boat raced last week, and that's the Titans. Um, So they are, you know, they have some playoff hopes. I know that they're in a pretty favorable spot just as it it relates to um, the Colts. They have the tiebreaker there to win the division, but they need to win. They need to beat the Texans. Um, They are seven and a half point favorites as it sits right now. Um, I just think you look at it in a um, absolute must win game for the Titans. They're better than the Texans, which isn't saying much. Um, There's a little bit of an injury scare with Deshaun Watson. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play or is a limited in playing. Um, And I just think seven and a half points is, is not much just with how it's, you know, the Texas, the Texans team as it is, um, but also just this Titans team that absolutely has to win and, when at all costs and Deshaun Watson might not play and they just got smacked on Sunday night football last week. So they have a lot to play for it. It's going to be a big week for them. So Titans minus seven and a half locked that thing in and we'll see hopefully a better mortal lock week than last, but you never know. That's the beauty of it. So hopefully it's
1: better all the way around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully better all the way around for sure. Um, well, it was a fun year of mortal locks. I'm excited to get into some posties maybe we can just, you know, Throw out the record books and just start fresh for the postseason. Yeah. You know that might be a good chance for me to have some fun too.
1: Stats in the postseason don't count towards your regular season stats. So exactly. Exactly. Throw them out. Start fresh.
0: <laughs> so let's jump into the the preview for um, Week 17 here. Um, as I mentioned, Raiders are traveling to Denver, uh, final game of the year. They are the Raiders are seven and eight. Broncos five and ten. Both teams not really anything much to play for besides pride here. As it sits, I have Raiders minus two and a half. Do you have the same thing?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. So two and a half point favorites on the road um, against the Broncos team that has had a relatively, you know, bad season. They're a young team. They're rebuilding, but some up and downs at the quarterback position. I know they lost court in the Sutton earlier. So both teams, not a ton to play for besides pride here. Um, We'll see how it goes, but how does it look? Um, You got the Raiders defense against this Broncos offense.
1: Yeah. So the last time that we played the Broncos, this was probably the best defensive game that we've seen out of the Raiders, mainly because they went out there and took the ball away. They had five different turnovers. You saw Jeff Heath get an interception. Carl Nassib did something and got an interception. Uh, We saw uh, Kwiatkowski get up there. White Boy Hops get up there and snag one as well. And And then uh, they also had a forced fumble to get a a fifth turnover. So, you know, obviously we want to go out there and win the game. I know last week I said, we're going to look at it and be, you know, not upset that we get a better draft pick. I don't care about that. Going into this game, you got to win the last game. So I think that this could go a long way. If the defense can ball out, they can go end the year on a good note, feel good about themselves. But last time, Drew Locke threw four interceptions. uh, We essentially did whatever we – Um, and whatever we wanted seemed to just not really have an answer. They got to Drew Locke plenty of times, pressured him, made him scramble, made him kind of try to create things. And, you know, he has a hard enough time playing good without any pressure. And we put pressure on him, and he threw the ball away, and we took it away. So I think as much as the offense was on against Denver that, that week too as well, the defense was on, and they just completely shut him down. I would love to see another one of those to end the season kind of get out on a good note with this defense, but the biggest thing we saw and the biggest thing that was a game changer last time than any other games in our season is we actually got some turnovers. I think that our team has six interceptions on the season, if I'm not mistaken, four of them came from this game. No, that's wrong. That's that stats wrong. Anyways, but we don't have that we don't we don't have that many interceptions on the season. And four of them coming from one game is huge. And I think if they can just go out there and they don't have to get five turnovers, that would be fantastic. But if they can go out and pressure Drew Locke like they did last time, make him throw things away, make him make bad decisions, they're going to wholeheartedly win that game again too. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, KJ Hammer might be out. So they might be a little bit more limited at wide receiver. So they got Jerry Judy. They got Noah Fant. Two guys we're going to have to really worry about. Two young guys we're going to have to worry about for years in this division. But all in all, if they can go out here, they can get a W it'll go a long way for the defense to step up like they did last time, End it on a good note, get some pressure, get some turnovers again.
0: Yeah. Love it. Um, and I'm, you were talking about the interceptions and you weren't really that far off. They had, they have 10 on the year and four of them were in one game. So like you mentioned, it's, you know, it's pretty lopsided just from one game, but that shows um, how well the defense stepped up in one game, but also six interceptions for, the other remaining what 14, 15 games Um, isn't saying a lot, but, and yes, KJ Hamler is questionable, I believe. And that's where I actually want to start. So with the Raiders um, offense against the Broncos defense, pretty dang banged up Shelby Harris, former Raider. He's questionable. Sean Williams, questionable. Anthony Ciccolo, sweet name, um, questionable. Trey Marshall, Bradley Chubb. um, And as you mentioned, KJ Hamler. So a lot of defensive players that are um, questionable and, and also that, I think Bradley Chubb really sticks out to me just because he's, you know, a vocal point of that defense. And I could see with his injury history, them just resting him. Um, And Shelby Harris has actually kind of came on and been um, one of the centerpieces to that that D-line as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when we played these guys last time, it really wasn't uh, much to write home about there. The defense had an incredible game, put us in um, great positions to succeed, um, and we were able to put up a good amount of points. But a lot of turnovers, a lot of favorable field position, I guess wins or battles in that sense, but um, no, they did a, defense did a great job to set up the offense and they were able to capitalize last time we played Denver. So um, just before we get into the match of itself, um, a couple key stats, I want to look at um, end of the year, as we mentioned, we're not playing for anything. Um, no playoff aspirations, unfortunately, but let's look at a couple stats um, just to round out the year and see what um, you know, what a good season would look like. So Carr is currently at 3,732 yards 268 yards away from 4,000 just significant because obviously it's a different um, it's an accomplishment but it's a different um, level or a different bracket of of passing yards which is which is cool and he hit 4,000 last year having back-to-back 4,000 yard seasons would be great Um, he has 25 touchdowns and I believe seven picks if I'm not mistaken wait for it yeah so 25 um, touchdowns seven picks so he has a game of two let's just call it 275 and two touchdowns or three touchdowns ending the year at 4,027 28 touchdowns and seven picks this is a pretty dang good touchdown to interception ratio four to one and it would just bode well for his stats that don't mean a ton um, but I think it you know it looks cool so um, and then Josh Jacobs so he's currently at um, he's over 10 touchdowns which is great he's at 976 yards just need 25 yards to get him over the thousand yard mark which is great um, and then Darren Waller, he is two receptions away from hundred yards uh, or sorry, hundred yards, hundred receptions, but he's seven or he's six receptions away from the all time Raiders receptions um, in a season, all time in season receptions for a Raider. Do you know who is number one?
1: The name's in my head. Cause I remember thinking it's such, it's an old person. No, right? it's not. It's, so it's not an old person. No.
0: Ricky Dudley. Ricky Can Dudley, no, 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 not for tight ends. This is just oh, all-time about t- Raiders Oh, receptions. I thought you were talking tight ends. No, 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 not not for gotcha. tight ends, but definitely not Ricky Dudley either. I know, joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is receivers. This is just receptions in general. Gotcha. We've met him before.
1: After asked Tim Brown.
0: Tim Brown, my favorite player. Yeah. So Tim Brown had the um, single-season record with 104 receptions in a year. Um, Darren Waller's at six, so he needs seven receptions um, to break that record. So the good thing is, is that Jacobs just needs a handful of yards to get over a thousand. DC needs 260, um, let's call it 270 plus, um, to get over 4,000 yards passing. And then Waller needs seven catches. So hopefully we air it out. Hopefully we're able to attack and make take some shots and just get Waller the dang ball. I would imagine this is going to be something that they talk about, um, Waller, Carr, and Gruden about, you know, trying to break the record. So get ready for some targets early, um, early and often for Waller. So. Um, you know, overall, this is just this is a matchup that, you know, once again, Denver's pretty banged up and they have a good um, they have a good secondary. I really like uh, I really like Justin Simmons a lot. He's an all star. He's a pro bowler. Um, he's really great in that back end. He's actually um, on a franchise tag right now. So if he ever slips out of there, it'd be great to pick him up. But um, no. Anyways, I mean, they got once again, banged up. Shelby Harris, Proudly Chubb, but Josie Jewell really like him at backer. I already mentioned, you know, Justin Simmons, but Kareem Jackson's pretty good. Um, I mean, overall, it's a Denver team that's not as strong as they have been on the defensive side in recent years. But ultimately, this is a, an opportunity for the Raiders to end the year at 500, which, you know, nothing right now about, but definitely better than a complete losing season. Um, so I, I just expect the Raiders to go out there and, and, you know, try to pound the rock like they always do. But let's air it out. Let's have some fun. Let's go after some records. Um, it's not always fun to play in mile high um, in January, but that's what we're gonna have to do. So that's why I'm a little weary of Car breaking that record or Waller, just because if it's there's snow, if there's you know if it's four degrees like it usually is, it can be tough to kind of open up the the offense that way. But um, I expect a good game um, on on both sides of the ball. we Would love a win in the back of my mind. I know it's not everything, but it's draft season. We're getting a draft season. I don't know if we're are we gonna fall down significantly if we win one game. Um, so. Anyways, that's what I got. Are you good? Um, You want to get into predictions or anything to note on that side?
1: Two notes I want to put out. One, Dave Casper was who I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I believe Waller broke his – he had a single-season
0: record –
1: not a single-season, single-game record of 12 receptions as a tight end. And then the second thing that I would like to touch on is that I was already looking into this, right? And as far as, like, the draft position is concerned – the best we could do if five other teams win this week and somehow they have we have some type of tiebreaker over them is that we will pick at 11. That's the best we could possibly do. Jeez. If we win, so 11 between 11 and let's see, 15, I believe, somewhere in there 11, 15, 11, 16. The worst we could do if we win, there's no other team tied with our record right now or maybe the cardinals are i don't know if we win then 17 is essentially where we would pick so the difference winning and losing based off of like potential tiebreakers is going to be anywhere from 11 to 17
0: yeah i mean i would say that's significant um those six picks just because um well i'm gonna say this and no one's gonna really like it i could see four quarterbacks going top 10 and so for legit quarterbacks going top 10 i'm not saying we should draft quarterback um, we'll get into that for sure in more depth but if you're at 11 that either gives you the possibility of choosing one of those or it gives you the possibility of, of having a high quality top 5 top 7 talent slip to 11 um, so i think 11 is such a it's a it's a good number in a sense you know just outside of that top 10 but the difference between that and 17 is, is pretty significant, but we'll see how, you know, it shapes out. I think that if we do lose, I, you know, getting up to going from 17 to 13 or 14 would be helpful, but you know, we'll get into that more. Well, let's just let the chips fall. There's 800 different playoffs, there scenarios and draft order scenarios that could happen, but good looking out for that, for that thing. So, so we, sorry to derail that, but now you're get good predictions now. So yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Cause I was curious about it too. So, um, okay, prediction time. We have the Raiders, Broncos, favored two and a half at the Broncos. Who do we you got?
1: Well, we saw that the Raiders, as we explained last time, Raiders kind of left a little bit of points on the table, even though they scored tons of points. They won 37-12. It's going to be a little different being in the cold, like you mentioned. But nonetheless, I think we're going to go out there and boat race them. Raiders are going to win. going to be pretty dang similar to last game. We knock off two points. They add two points, but all they got were field goals last time. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt of scoring two touchdowns. I lied. They scored one touchdown. I think they missed the extra
0: point. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, 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 you're right. They didn't. Cool. I'm going to go a little bit closer of a game. I think Drew Locke has a lot to play for. Um, He has looked pretty shaky and... As you know, in this league, franchises, um, you know, can be quick to turn on quarterbacks if they're not getting the production they need, um, a la Josh Rosen, a la Dwayne Haskins. But I think he's got something to play for. it. But I do think we still come out of this with a victory. I'm going to go Raiders 30 to 24. Hopefully we can break those records with Waller, get over the the mark with a thousand yards and, and four thousand yards for DC and, and Jacobs respectively. But get the dub, get out of there, end the season on a positive note. So. Cool. Well, we have a couple of listener questions. Yeah. Let's we'll do it. All righty. This is from at Mel Dreamy and he says, Hey RTP, loyal listener. You guys are fantastic. I I have nothing but great things to say about you. Um, so that's you know, kind of started off very complimentary. So thank you for that. Yeah, very nice, man. But here's his question. He says, May I congruden have been drafting her. I've been so vocal from the beginning about drafting you know football guys high character um high IQ discipline he's like what do you have to to make of of the guys that they've drafted and what they've said that they're going for and then you have certain individuals like Arnett not knowing um his responsibilities you know 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter or Jonathan Abram countless times um either missing tackles or, uh, you know, personal fouls, because that goes down to discipline too. You know, we've had struggles with uh, Trayvon Mullen, but he basically said, hey, this is what we've been preaching the whole time about discipline, high character, only football guys. And you have these young guys making, you know, rookie mistakes, but it really like undisciplined football IQ mistakes. You know, what do you have to say about that?
1: Well, when I first heard this question, first off, thought it was a really good question. Thank you for the compliments at Dreamy. My thought on that was when I think about guys who love football, guys with high football IQ, like all the things you were saying, one of the things I think about is the way they play the game is that they're going out there, they're not playing scared. They are playing aggressive. They're aggressive players. They go out there and they're confident in their athletic ability and then fall back on game plan, stuff like that. I think what can happen with that as you see with Abram is that it can be a little reckless when you're just going off of your instinct and fly into the ball or you're coming up and you take the wrong angle on something. I think that the love of the game and the guys that are high character and just go out there and just play because they love football. They love to just get out there and do what they do, you know, do all the things that got them to where they're at. Uh, I think what comes along with that and what the type of player that they've been trying to pinpoint, at least on the back end of the secondary, the defense side of things like that is, is someone who is aggressive, who's not afraid to go out there and lay some hat and, you know, get physical and trust his abilities. I think that's a big thing we heard about our net coming out, but I think what comes along with that, like you said, with the rookie mistakes is that the aggressiveness as much as you love to see it can turn around and bite you in the ass sometimes. Um, I think it's just more of a combination of rookie mistakes and aggressive play that kind of, you know, tenacity that they go out there with. I don't think it's really something that should be a knock on them or anything like that. I think it just is something that will come along with maturity and will come along with kind of narrowing down and being more confident in game plans as well as your ability and also having a competent defensive coordinator back there, I think will help because I feel like the things we heard about PG and kind of the confusion he could put on the defense. I think those guys probably went out there and were like, all right, I know the call, but I'm just going to go out here and, you know, do my thing, stay within my responsibilities, but he's throwing shit out here. We didn't even practice. So let's just go. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's hard to be confident in the game plan when you're not confident in your DC. So I think a lot of times the high character side of things, the high you know, love for football, what comes with that is the aggressiveness. And they come across some some issues sometimes that bite them in the ass.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And it's a good question because, um, you know, that's I, that's in the back of my mind. You know, every game too is like, man, we talk about how we're, we're bringing in free agents. We're drafting guys that love football and we're not here for anything else, you know. And, and a lot of that is the reason they – I believe not the only reason but one of the reasons is because we were going to Vegas right and we were like we need guys to come in and just care about ball not their brand not AB you know not those kind of guys we need we need guys that play you know that care about ball so you know high character football IQ all those things fall into it you know but at the end of the day you still got to take talented players and I think they still have took talented players and not safe players by any means, you know, Um, but I think they basically wanted, you know, them to compete. They wanted competitors. They wanted them to be physical. They wanted them to love the game. And I think all those things are true. Um, But I do think the discipline is where it starts. And in my eyes, you spoke to one of the sides that I was going to say is is the leadership um, from a coaching staff with the defensive coordinator that was, that's been an influx for the last two years um, with, with Gunther, but also on the, on the defense side of the ball, if you think of that secondary, who do we have? It's, it's Abram, it's Arnett, it's Trayvon Mullen. Those are three guys that have two years under their belt. If that maybe even a full season um, of games actually played. And then you have, you know, a hybrid of Jeff Heath and Eric Harris, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, who's the actual leader of the defense or even in a secondary to, to get in Abrams grill when he has a bad personal foul or to, to be able to communicate all the way across the, you know, the secondary around the situation and what they need to do, you know, granted that should come from the coach, but it also needs to, you know, be handled on the field too. So I I don't know. I I think that we got to give these guys a chance to, to succeed. Um, We need to put them in better spots to succeed, but I I think there is some immaturity um, with Abram specifically um, that needs to be addressed. I also think we need to put him in the right role. I don't think he needs to be playing anything deeper than, you know, the second level. <laughs> I think he, he should be a box safety. He should be Adams. We should be blitzing him off the edge. I've been saying that all freaking year. And doesn't mean I'm right. I'm just saying he's he's been exposed in the passing game. He's been exposed playing center field. He can't play center field. T.Y. Hilton showed you why he can't play center field. So, you know, I, I think that there's we just need to get more leadership around there. These guys seem to stay freaking healthy. Think of Mullen, Arnett, Abram, all three of those guys have had injury issues in their two years, right? That's an issue. And that's something that we need to um, address, but I, I agree. I think it's something that there needs to be discipline, but it needs to be through leadership and that's on the, on the field. And also, you know, on the sidelines too. So um, cool. Good to move off that. Yep. All right. It wouldn't be the last pod of 2020, Without a question from B. Bauer, our guy, uh, Mr. Consistency, RTP Listener of the Year front runner. That award has not been disclosed yet. Um, we will get you all something out um, for that. But he wants to say, or he wants to ask, hey, RTP, B. Bauer, the King's back. Who played better this year um, than their stats reflect? Um, so basically, it looks like they're underrated, undervalued because their stats aren't booming, Um, and then who played not as good, but their stats make it look like they played better than they did. Um, So basically, of this year, most underrated, overrated Raider of the year. Well,
1: for my most underrated Raider of the year, I am going to go with a man that you just mentioned in our secondary, and that's Trayvon Mullen. I think you look at his stats, and I think he only had two interceptions this year. He wasn't someone jumping off the stat sheet every week on at least on the Raiders side of things, but you can go on the opposing team side of things, look at their number one receivers and see how much he shut down some of the top guys. So I think that he came a long way and I do think that he can be our number one, but is going to be a very, 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 very good number two if we had a, you know, one of those lights out number one type of guys, but He essentially locked down uh, some of the best receivers in the league, went out there, shut them down for the most part. And I think that he played really well this season. He had times where he was exposed a little bit and had some rough days, but everyone's going to have that. And I think that he is, in my mind, the first person that jumps out as far as like who played really well that didn't really, like you said, jump out of the stat
0: sheet. I love it. Um, I'm actually surprised you didn't go Alec Engel and just keep hammering that pullback love, but no, I agree. I think Mullen, he was dealt a, a tough hand this year, having to be the guy. I don't, in my heart of hearts, I don't think he's a true number one. I think he's such, I think he's going to be a great number two, um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, well, I'm going to go on the offensive side. Um, and so my underrated Raider of the year is going to be Hunter Renpro. I mean, come on. I think he's underrated throughout the whole league. Um, just a couple of stats for everyone. 53 catches on the year, 632 yards, two touchdowns. So pretty modest, um, stats for a wide receiver, especially in this, this day and age, he is a third option, but I mean, for a slot receiver, that's pretty solid. So, but it's, he's not the first guy that you think of. Um, I think he's very underrated in the NFL. Um, and also on our team, he's so big, he is so clutch third and Renfro 53 catches 31 of those for first downs, right? So that's 60% of the time he's catching the balls for a first down. So, um, I know we get involved in a lot in the screen game. One of the better punt returners that I've seen, probably the best. I'm going to say this. He's probably the best punt returner the Raiders have ever had. I'm going to go on record. And I can't think, actually, okay, one of the best, top three, because I'm trying to think back. But remember, like, the years of Johnny Lee Higgins? Remember that guy? Yeah. And he got blasted and then was, like, afraid of the ball ever since.
1: Well, and to jump back to 2018, christmas eve oh dwayne harris raiders yeah mm-hmm. dwayne harris picking that ball up on the one yard line and yeah. taking it to the house but
0: yeah, just renfro, i just
1: i yeah. just i'm right no dwayne yeah renfro. renfro is better in my opinion too dwayne harris just was that veteran dude that somehow was just like his dreads you know, went eight, down to the plays. floor yeah exactly yeah. and just that one play just sticks in my mind is like oh yeah he was good
0: <laughs> yeah no i i just i think he's been such a great part of our offense that so reliable so consistent. Um, he had, he's had a couple of big fumbles this year. He, I think he's had two on the year, but, but even then, man, I think he's been such a good, you know, consistent option and and threat for DC. Um, and then I think he's highly underrated. Um, I just always root for him, but I always just think he's, you know, once again, removing those two fumbles, he's always just doing the right thing. He's always like getting that extra yard and going down or getting out of bounds, being smart or, you know, fair catching when he needs to, or taking his chances and, you know, the front return game. So I just love his game. I think he brings such a good um, value to, to this team. Um, so that is my guy Hunter Renfro. I'm always riding with you, homie. Um, and now on the flip side, we have overvalued undervalued. So we just did the undervalued. Who is your overvalued Raider of the year?
1: So for my overvalued guy, I I'm not going with anyone that, jumped out on the stat sheet. I'm not going with anyone that seemed deceiving because of the way the numbers looked. I'm going purely based off of the overvalue that our coaching staff put on him, and that's Jason Witten. We ranted about this multiple times, and I understand bringing him in as that old vet, that locker room dude, but Foster Moreau had such a good rookie year before he got hurt, and then Witten comes in and is taking away snaps, is taking away passing routes, receptions, all of that stuff from Moreau. It, I know they probably were trying to ease Moreau back because of that injury and kind of get him going again. To, and, I, you know, he's uh, obviously he was playing, so he's going to be probably 100% and never had any issues throughout the year. But Witten, man, I it's just like time and time again, it, it seemed like he was like an old man just trying to, trot down with his walker trying to get out of these, some of these routes and just like these plays that we would throw to him where it was third and five and they do a three yard out route, just hoping that he was able to, you know, get it in the first down. And he wouldn't. And it's just, I I think they just, they tried to make him into something that he wasn't. He's old. He's a great run blocker. I give him that. He's probably a great locker room guy, great vet presence, great person for Moreau and Waller to kind of learn under as far as being a tight end. But they gave him so many snaps, so many plays. They tried to throw to him so much that I just boggled my mind how much the coaching staff valued him.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. That's, that's been a frustrating thing week in and week out. And, yeah, it's taken away snaps from Moreau, and it's been really frustrating. So I think you nailed that. I know you're very vocal about it. Um, I actually saw some action last night, maybe on Twitter, that you know, you're, getting, you're getting some uh, opinions out there around Witten. I could be You got to vent a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So check it out if you guys want some good content. Well, my guy is going to be someone that I, you know, I've talked a good amount about um, from the defense side, but this is coming from expectations to performance to where we are now, and that is Malik Collins. He, we signed him um, as a big free agent acquisition. We crowned him as um, a captain right away, which was crazy. But it was like, oh, wow, maybe we're getting something here, you know, and it sounds like we're just picking on the the Cowboys right now just because we got two Cowboys guys that came over um, with Marinelli. But but no, he has been in 11 games, so he hasn't been healthy. Right. Um, But he's been in 11 games. How many tackles and how many tackles for loss? How many TFLs? So it can be total tackles and TFLs on the year he's played in 11 games you're going to
1: guess uh, to- total tackles total tackle, to so it's
0: like solo and you know combined yeah
1: I'm going to say three and then I'm going to say zero on the tackles for loss just because that's how I feel how
0: bad he has been okay it's not that it's bad. probably more it's
1: yeah. probably more than that but. yeah
0: um, it's not that bad but not that far off uh, he has 12 tackles on the year so six solo tackles and six um, total tackles and then he has one TFL so I'm just saying that's your starting defensive tackle guy and someone that we brought in to not only stop the run but get some pass rush help um so one tfl in the year he's been non-existent just for some reference mohurst who we have felt like um has struggled um this year right it seems like he's he has kind of been in and out of the lineup struggled he's been the same kind of injury riddled history he has 27 tackles and three and a half tfls on the year and i feel like mohurst has had a bad year so with Malik Collins with a big kind of contract we gave him naming him captain and then just being non-existent. It's, it's been pretty bad. So I know the question was kind of about like someone with bigger stats um, that isn't as good. So um, I don't, I, i just went more so off of expectation. I don't know. It's been, it's been a weird year. The defense has struggled, but I think that those, those two I agree with have been big letdowns for us and, you know, we'll see how we address it in the new year. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, man. Happy new year's Eve um, we are actually, we are time travelers because Ooh. we're recording this in 2020, but we're talking yeah. to you guys, you are listening right now in 2021. So yeah. How's the future? Oh, we'll tell you it's the same.
1: The future looks great, but hungover.
0: But hungover. I guess. Yeah. If I were to predict the future for tomorrow, um, it would be maybe a little bit of a of a days when you're waking up, if you're out there and you're waking up a little bit of the days, um, you know, maybe you got up around 4:30 or 5 just to crush some water get some get rehydrated again. But the good news is is there are two college football playoff games tomorrow. Um, Notre Dame at Bama. Notre Dame are they are 17 and a half point dogs, by the way. And they're a top four or their number four seed in this college football playoffs. And then you have Ohio State Clemson, which is the banger of a game. Um, so tomorrow or today, however you guys are looking at it, today there's a game on. And depending on when you're listening to this. The Notre Dame and Bama game might be going on right now. And I bet, yep, Devontae Smith just scored. Okay, time travelers, here we go. Um, Anyways, good year, 2020. This has been fun. Excited to keep it rolling. Micah, take us home.
1: As always, we appreciate the love. We appreciate the support. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please rate, subscribe, review. Give us those five stars. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook, anywhere you see it. Continue to get the name out there, continue to help us grow this brand. And we love y'all. We appreciate the support you gave us as we started this, hoping to go into 2021, bring you guys some new and exciting things, just keeping that trajectory going up, stock line going up emoji is what I would is what I would refer that to. Uh, and we're on to we're on to Denver. Hopefully we can get a win. That's
0: right. Sorry, last thing I do want to say, we will have the RTP listener of the year. Um, so I'm still collecting the votes. I'm counting the votes personally, um, just so there's no discrepancies, no fake votes, no recounts necessary. Um, so we will be getting that out to you guys. I will let the producer and our, our executive producer and founder, Micah, determine when we release it and how we're going to do it. Thinking of a couple of different options, but we will get that award out. It is the end of the year. Granted, um, the season isn't over from an NFL perspective, um, but the year is over and we're going to figure out a good way to do this. Um, And we'll make it fun. So just wanted to let everyone know that.
1: Yeah. Go follow us, uh, follow us on Twitter, the Raider Take Podcast at Take Raider. That's where um, all the information will be out there. Maybe we'll get some Twitter polls going, but we'll definitely get some posts going to have you guys send some things in and maybe get some votes in from the listeners and we'll go from there. We'll, we'll get it out to you on how we're going to figure that out, but yeah, it's
0: going to be a good one. So looking forward to man. All right. Radio nation. Love you guys. Peace out. Micah. Later. Later.